You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Hey, so on today's episode, it is number 37. And we are going to be spending three days at the remote chimpanzee sanctuary called Mahali National Park in eastern Tanzania on the west coast of Lake Tanganyika. So picking up where we left off on last episode after our crazy two epic ferry <laughs> rides down Lake Kivu and Lake Tanganyika, you have to catch the last episode to listen to that, we arrived so we finally arrived at our very basic campground on a beach at about 3.30 in the morning. So just outside the Mahali National Park headquarters. So we set up our tents, managed to get a few hours of sleep, you know, in the morning. We could finally have a little look around. And as I said, it was very basic. I mean, the beach was beautiful. Lake Tanganyika is a lovely lake. I think it's like the longest or the second longest freshwater lake in the world. I know it's also the second deepest in Africa after Lake Victoria. My voice is a little bit raspy today. <laughs> well, raspier than usual. <laughs> Campsite, there was just a bit of a clearing outside the forest. And then there was a little like rotunda, but it had no walls. <laughs> so just basically a thatched roof hut. There was a table in there and just a fire pit. Oh, and an outhouse. That's it. So we had to bring all of our, for three days, we had to bring all our own food and water. I mean, I had a water filter, so that was okay. We So we had breakfast because we had our little camping stoves. And then our guide, Justin, lovely guy, he came and met us about 10 in the morning to take us a walk through the, the forest, which is absolutely be beautiful. And it was in September. So the, the leaves are changing because there's quite a lot of deciduous trees there. The leaves are yellow and gold and red and orange. So it actually reminded me of Canada. And then in the background, you can see the Mahali mountain range. I mean, it's quite low, maybe two and a half thousand meters tops. We go through the forest and like the only way to get there. I mean, it's very remote, very difficult to get there. And in 1993, when I went, hardly anyone knew about this place. They would go to Gombe National Park, which was the one that Jane Goodhall set up in the 60s. So Mahali was set up by some Japanese researchers. And again, in the, it's, they started there in the 60s as well. So those, those guys and Jane Goodhall have done the most research on chimpanzees in the history of humankind kind of thing, right? So you can only get there by boat. So there's no roads. Go through the forest and there's just little paths. Justin said, well, basically, you're the only two people here besides me, one Japanese researcher. So we were totally outnumbered by chimps because, well, I know now there's about 1,200, 12 to 1,500 chimps in Mahali National Park. So I'm not sure if there's more or less back then. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we walked for about, about an hour and a half through the forest, like I said, through various paths. And, you know, it's so, it was so beautiful. It's so nice to be in Mother Nature. And, and there's lots of other monkeys there, like different species, as well as other mammals and, of course, lots of birds. 
So the forest was alive, for sure. So we're walking along, and then all of a sudden, I spot a chimp up ahead of me on the pathway. <laughs> I was like, wow! Still traveling with my friend Claire, who I met in Nairobi. We've been traveling together about two months, so it's just the two of us. So cool. Then we kind of continue walking, and then we can see a few more in the trees. So that was, yeah, we're getting super excited. It was a very low-key setup, as I can say. Not many people knew about Molly back then, and I mean, not many people know about it now, really, to be honest. We're left to walk on our own as well, or just follow chimps, or Justin. That was it, kind of thing. Then all of a sudden, we heard really loud commotion going on to our left in the forest. Justin leads us away. He said, oh, actually, yeah, there is two more people in the park. There's these two documentary makers from the BBC who are filming chimpanzee show for Nature World. Basically bumped into them. They're like, oh, hi, how you doing? <laughs> forest is going crazy. And they're like, oh my God, we can't believe how lucky you are. You've been here maybe three hours. We've been waiting three weeks. A hunt is going on. Chimpanzees, they eat other monkeys. <laughs> They're not vegetarian. So we look up and there's just loads, loads of chimps. We basically just start following them. And there's quite low overhang. So they're only maybe, you know, between 10 and 20 feet above us. And like I said, going crazy. And then we see this black and white colobus monkey mama with her baby, like cutest little baby in her arms. Well, the chimps like hunt in packs and they surround this poor mama. And then finally, one of the, the male chimps grabs the baby out of her arms and then this little baby gets passed around so then all the colobus monkeys they're going crazy the mom is going crazy all the chimps are like in bloodlust i guess they're going crazy <laughs> and they pass this little monkey to the head chimp uh, who just bites into its head and eats it <laughs> it was just brutal i mean it was amazing to see but it was super heartbreaking like i felt so bad for that well the little baby and her mama like it was brutal yeah chimps when they're in hunting not quite as cute as they look <laughs> but like i said the bbc guys were like we cannot believe you've seen this like they have been waiting been out there every day waiting for three weeks to see this so i guess i mean it was really cool but like i said it was very hard to watch put it that way so after the hunt, we kind of continue walking along and then kind of went more to a clearing because all the chimps were there. So we kind of were following them. So some of them came down and then they're walking up pathways and then they walked to this river. So there's a couple of streams, rivers that run through the park. So we kind of stopped and there's all these boulders by the river. So we caught, we stopped and had some lunch and it was, the chimps would come right up to us. Like, I mean, within a few feet because <laughs> they were just as curious in us as we were in them. You know, you have to keep your distance. You can't have a cold or anything like that, flu. Our DNA is 98% the same. So chimps are closer to humans than gorillas. Gorillas are about 95% to our DNA, but 98%. And when you look at chimps and watch them, yeah, we come from them. I mean, <laughs> they've been around longer than us. But just how they interact, the emotions in their eyes, they're very super smart, would sit down and groom, and then one would sit in front of the other one and they're totally meticulous in grooming like inch by inch and then they obviously just eat whatever they find <laughs> which is like usually fleas and ticks and then sometimes you get even a little trail <laughs> you'll get like a conga line of grooming so what it'll just sit in the other one at one point we saw four in a row <laughs> just grooming each other but they're loving and caring like they kiss and they hug and oh my god they're so sweet like they are amazing amazing creatures and that's one of 
Jane Goodall's biggest, well, one of, one of her discoveries was she proved that humans are not the only ones that have emotional and intellectual capacity in the animal kingdom. I think all primates do, to be honest, but chimps was who she was working with. And she also discovered, which I saw as well, they can make tools and, they, and use tools. So they were using, like, get a stick and then break it down to the exact size they wanted, and they dig it into either termite holes or ant holes and, and dig the ants out and eat them. <laughs> Very clever animals, that's for sure. Probably a lot smarter than humans, in my opinion, because <laughs> they treat their home a lot better than we treat the planet Earth, that's for sure. And then one time we were following, it was basically a chimp couple, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It was a male and a female, and we're walking along this path, and there was bushes on the other either side of this path. And next thing you know, this male chimp just roars out of this bush, goes behind the female chimp, humps her from behind, and takes off. It was probably lasted 10 seconds in total. The male didn't even know what the hell was happening. <laughs> the female, I don't think the female did either. So I was like, okay, well, that certainly is a quickie. <laughs> and that was another thing, you know, there is a hierarchy as well. You know, in each chimp family, there's the predominant male chimp. And then it kind of goes down. Same thing with the females. There's like a main female and then there's the other females, chimps, that kind of. So there is a, a social hierarchy as well. Probably about six hours with them that day, which was like just incredible. <laughs> just hanging out with them, right? <laughs> I had black and white film, so I managed to get some really, really good photos as well. Claire had the color photos, but I never got my copy of those, which is really annoying. So I only have black and white to the chimps. By the time we got back to our little camp on the beach, it was probably about eight hours. We were out in total, and like I said, about six, six and a half hours with the chimps. Got back to camp, made dinner, and went to bed. <laughs> probably about eight o'clock. Because <laughs> we didn't really get much sleep for the, well, for the last couple nights, really. So it was great. It was so nice just listening to the water lapping on the beach. And it was like, it's so peaceful. And the stars were amazing as well, because you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? So pitch black sky, millions of stars. It was amazing. So the next morning, after a very needed good night's sleep, we were up early. We made some breakfast. And then Justin came around 9 o'clock. So we took off back into the forest. But he said, I don't know if we're going to find them today because they've gone up into the mountains. So it's up to you what you want to do. But there's none really around here. But you can walk around the forest on your own. So we're like, okay, great. Like I said, the forest was beautiful in itself. So we did that. We spent about five hours find somewhere nice. We just chill out and then just walk around. And we did see some other monkeys. Like I said, we saw the, the black and white colobus and a few others. Can't remember the species right now. I mean, even without chimps, it was an amazing place to be. <laughs> so we really enjoyed it. So we got, we ended up getting back to our beach at about two in the afternoon. We were like, okay, let's just, we go for a swim and just kind of chill out, catch some rays, ride a bit. And then that night we made a bonfire under the stars. I saw four shooting stars, which is cool. So I, I'm sure I made wishes. <laughs> Probably asking to survive this trip. So I guess my, my wishes came true. Absolutely loved it. It's another early night. And then Justin came by at about seven in the morning. And he's like, okay, listen, the chimps are still up in the mountains. So we're going to them. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> this was a harder walk, obviously, because we were going up mountains and it was the path, the, the paths weren't as clear up there. So it was quite a lot more rugged, but we did it. And after about 
two hours, we found the chimps. We're like, hey, buds, we're back. <laughs> we felt like we were, we were becoming researchers ourselves or part of the chimp family. And yeah, we ended up spending about four or five hours with them that day up in the mountains. It was amazing. No more hunts, thankfully, actually. <laughs> that, seeing that once was definitely enough. It was so chilled out, so relaxed. You know, obviously don't touch them. And they're strong. I mean, they are, they say, five times stronger than a man. But they seemed really happy with us there. And we, I was very comfortable with them on, by the third day. So it was just an amazing, an amazing experience. I'm so glad Claire and I decided to do this. And the only reason we, we heard about Mahali National Park is just this ran, random girl we had met in Kampala, Uganda, who shared a room with us for one night. And she told us about it. So, yeah, thanks to her, really, we, we went there. Because Gombe National Park, where Jane Goodhall's research center is, I mean, she's an amazing woman. I just watched a documentary on her couple nights ago called I think it's called Jane Goodall My Hope or The Hope or something like that it's really good check that out but she has done so much for chimpanzees and also for the local people because that's the thing same thing with the gorillas when I, when I saw the gorillas I mean that's the thing we were getting our fill of primates that's for sure in the last couple of weeks because I'd just seen the gorillas I think two weeks prior in the Congo and that's the thing to preserve these animals because there's hardly any of them I think there's only 900 in Gombe National Park because it's very small. It's only about 32 square kilometers. Mahali's bigger, but not loads. So I think together there's maybe just over 2,000 chimps in the wild left, which is brutal. There's probably more chimps in America as pets than in the wild. And gorillas are same. I think the gorillas are maybe at 900. So you have to work with the local people and make it worth their while to protect the habitat. So that's what Jane Goodall, she's done a lot of that kind of thing. So that's amazing. My time with the gorillas was probably, I liked it a slightly more. I mean, I, I loved both, but for some reason, I don't know, I bonded with the gorillas a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe it's my little baby gorilla, climb my leg, I don't know. But I mean, the chips were right up there. I would say like my three favorite things or most amazing experiences I had in this whole trip were the gorillas, chimps, and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. So they're up there. But the thing with the chimps is that we could spend as much time as we wanted in the forest with them. I mean, when we when the chimps were there, we had Justin there. But like I said, the second day we were by ourselves. So, I mean, in total, we probably spent close to 10, 11 hours with the chimps in those three days, which is amazing. <laughs> and it was so chilled out. I mean, you know, it was just like, just basically the rule was don't touch them. It's like, okay, <laughs> not a problem. So I would highly, highly recommend it. It's it's a nightmare to get there. Well, it's a nightmare, but it's very difficult to get there even now. I'll talk about that in my top tips. But well, well worth it. Probably got back to our camp at around, like from the mountains, around 2.30. And then we just had some lunch and then chilled out for a couple hours because we had to get the f back on that crazy ferry, like Tanganyika Ferry. That night, Justin came and got us about five o'clock, and then we went back to the park headquarters, which is very small, <laughs> to pay. It was supposed to be like fifty dollars per way for the for the camp boat to get you to the little village where you get the ferry called Lagosa, and then it was fifteen dollars a night camping, 
and then $20 a day for the guide. Well, we managed to just, I don't know how we did it. <laughs> we managed to kind of charm our way, talk them down to not charging us for the boat back. So it was just two nights of camping. I mean, like I said, we got there at 3.30 in the morning the first night. So two nights of camping and two days of guides and the park entrance fee and our boats. Because at the time, the park entrance was $20 as well. Anyways, we managed to get it for $67 each for everything. <laughs> so that was all right when it should have been $117. I'm not sure how we came into that price, but there we go. Because <laughs> it was in Tanzania and Shillings, I think. So it worked out to $67. Brilliant. And then Justin took us on the boat back to Lagosa. So we left at about 6 p.m., got to Lagosa around 9 p.m. It's about three hours. So it's dark now, which is always crazy, these little boats... Um, like the lake is huge, Lake Tanganyika. Anyways, we get it to Lagosa because it was later. Justin's like, okay, well, you, do you want me to take you to a restaurant? We're like, okay, sure. So we go to this little hut. <laughs> All they had was one chapati each and a cup of tea for us. So that was great. <laughs> so we had that. We decided just to get our sleeping bags out on the beach while waiting the ferry for the ferry because the ferry didn't come till two in the morning, and you have to get another little boat to meet the ferry. It's ridiculous. So it's just as crazy, if not more crazy, actually getting back on this ferry. Oh, and that's the only thing about this, about Mahali National Park. Like I said, I absolutely loved it. The only drawback, because of course there's always going to be a drawback, was the crazy deer flies. <laughs> so once again, covered in very itchy bites. Again. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I'll take those bites over my three-day experience there for sure. We're on this beach trying to sleep. Well, can we sleep? No, because all the African local men are running around yelling and then just deciding to start bonfires like literally right next to us because they're waiting for the ferry to come as well, whether they're getting on it or selling their, you know, wares and food and stuff to the passengers on the ferry. So no sleep. Finally, we see the ferry coming up. So then we have to, we get in this little fishing boat. Some of them just had oars. <laughs> Most of them did, actually. But our guy, the guy we found, had a motor. Well, it's crazy. It's like a flotilla of little fishing boats heading to this ferry. And the ferry's huge. It's, I don't know, probably at least five stories. Very long. It's huge. There's all these little fishing boats. It's crazy. People are yelling. You know, they have, like, flashlights because it's pitch black. Can't see anything. Our boat driver just decides, because he has a motor, he's just cutting through to the front. <laughs> we almost like ran over people, like seriously. I'm like, oh my God, you don't have to do this. But I don't even think he spoke English. He just did what he wanted to do. So luckily no one was injured or killed, thankfully. So yeah, so then the boat just comes next to the ferry and then there's a rope ladder <laughs> coming out of the third class port door. That's it. So you have to climb this rope ladder in the dark with my 50-pound backpack on, straight up about three flights, like say 30 feet into the door. My legs or my knees are going to give out and I'm going to drown, <laughs> fall to my death and drown. <laughs> or get run over by probably his boat with the motor. But I didn't. I made it. Uh, I clear made it. And then our next thing was like trying to find someone to get up to first class because there's no way we're staying in third class. It's just too hot. It's too crowded. No way, Jose. Because we got first class on the way. Uh, we had second class, but we just always hung out in first class. And we needed, so we didn't actually have tickets at this point because I found a porter that worked on the boat. And I was like, okay, we need to get up to first class. He's like, well, where's your tickets? I was like, oh, well, on our way here, I became friends with the co-captain of the ferry, which was true. <laughs> 
and he has our tickets. And he's like, okay, go on. <laughs> I was like, cool. Now that part was true because he basically was this drunk lechy guy who was kept calling us beautiful ladies and was pawing us and everything. We're like, whatever, on the way down, right? So I thought, well, at least I'll use him to get the way back up. <laughs> so we went up to the first class, like the top deck, because we we knew the, the spots to go, which is at the stern. There's no one out there. And we just pitched up our sleeping bags and, and slept for a couple hours, which is cool. And then we're just in the morning, we're just waiting for the xylophone ding, 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 to, to go to let us know breakfast was ready. Because <laughs> we were starving. We hadn't eaten since breakfast the day before. So finally, eight o'clock in the morning, the xylophone, go, xylophone goes and we go and have breakfast, which was actually pretty good for being on an African ferry. So it was just like pineapple and omelets and fresh bread and some tea. And then we just kind of hung out on the bow for the rest of the, the ride back to Kagoma. So it was a beautiful day, beautiful views, and it, we didn't pay. So <laughs> even better. <laughs> and then at, at noon, we didn't had lunch, which is again, all right. And then we finally pulled into Kagoma about 1 p.m. So now we had to figure out, because now we're kind of entering Tanzania for the first time properly. I mean, on our way down, even though Mahali Park's in Tanzania, but there's like a city middle of nowhere. And on the way down, we did, we could get off the, the ferry to go to Kagoma for a few hours, but we're back on. So we, we haven't officially been to Tanzania yet. And at the time, you needed to have a cholera in your vaccination we kind of carried a vaccination passport thing kind of thing. I don't know. But I didn't I didn't have cholera because in Canada, they just didn't give that to me, right? So I had to forge my cholera stamp, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> and then we also, because they asked to see your tickets when you leave as well. So we had to work that out as well. But our charm, our luck was still on our side, which was nice for a change. And we managed to get through customs, no problem. <laughs> So all in all, it was pretty good. We got a free boat ride to Lagosa. We got the ferry for free and we got it to Tanzania. Sweet. Tanzania was my 17th country on this trip. Uh, so I think it was about maybe my 10th African country. So yeah, happy days to be in Tanzania. It was cool. In Kagoma, we found a charming little quaint guest house. And it was only 800 shillings for a double, which was quite. So at the time, it was about, about $4. I think it was around 200 shillings to the dollar. So the room had two single beds with mosquito nets and our own sink in the room. And then nice clean bathrooms down the hallway with showers, which was a novelty. Because <laughs> with all of our ferry rides, I mean, that was a couple of days. And then at the camp. So it had been five, six days since we've had a, a proper shower and a bed. So it was lovely. And then the lady who owned it, she was really nice. And she's like, oh... Because we asked about laundry, because literally every single thing in both of our backpacks was filthy. Because <laughs> I can't remember last time we'd done laundry. Weeks. <laughs> so she's like, oh, I can range up for you. So I gave her, I think I had 18 pieces of clothing for her to wash. I did. I always hand wash my own underwear, bras, and socks. So she's like, yeah, I'll get that sorted for you. It'll be done tomorrow. I'm like, okay, super. And then um, later on, we just walked to, to the railway hotel where we went on our way down because it's beautiful sunsets over Lake Tanganyika there and had a couple beers and some dinner. And of course, the sun goes out. I mean, the electricity goes out at seven o'clock as usual. <laughs> After dinner, walked back in the dark, a few stumbles, made it and literally just crashed for the night. 
because now we had to get from here, Kagoma, to Arusha. <laughs> and it is 870 miles. And trust me, you know it's going to be rough. <laughs> so the next episode, make sure you catch it because you're going to have to hear all about that in next Thursday's episode. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Tip number one, the only way to get to Gombe or Mahali National Park, see chimpanzees. There's a couple places in Uganda you can see them, but that's about it. And then things are here. So there's maybe five places, four or five places in all of Africa that you can see the chimps. And these are two of them. So it's to get there by boat from Kagoma. And even getting to Kagoma, I mean, Kagoma does have an airport. So, I mean, I'm not about flying, you know me, but you can, there's not a lot of flights and they're expensive, but you can fly to Kagoma. And then you have to get either the Mahali Park headquarters boat to come and get you. Or to get to Gombe, you can, there's a public water taxi or private. Tip two, for Gombe National Park, where I didn't go, but that's Jane Goodhall's research center. Basically, it's $100 for 24 hours. That starts the minute you step on the beach. <laughs> and then it's $20 for a guide per day, and then you need a guide. Because there's other walks that you can do without a guide. But for the chimps, so it's 100 bucks for 24 hours plus your $20 guide. And then nowadays, you only get to spend one hour with them. I know. I was really lucky. <laughs> and there doesn't seem to be a lot of accommodation in, in Gombe either. So you kind of have to book months in ahead for the accommodation there because they only have seven rooms. I don't know if there's more. It's hard to find some info on the internet. But I know those are the prices. And like I said, for if you wanted to get the public water boat, it's only $2.00. Because it's a right now, it's about two thousand three hundred Tanzanian shillings to one U.S. dollar. But the thing is, the public boat doesn't leave till three thirty in the afternoon, and it takes three hours. Even though it's only sixteen k, sixteen kilometers from from Kigoma to Gombe, because they do lots of stops. So that means you wouldn't get to Gombe till at six thirty p.m. So you couldn't go see the chimps that day, obviously. So you'd have to pay for two days, I guess. I don't know. It's crazy. Not sure quite how it works because you think 24 hours, so maybe it is just until midnight. Basically, just think okay, it's 100 bucks per day, or you can hire private boats, but they charge something like 300 to 350 dollars return to go 16k each way. I mean, you might be able to hang them down to 150 dollars and then they could pick you up whatever you wanted, so you could just spend the one night there pay for just one day and see them then come back i'm not sure how it works it sounds kind of complicated but it's not cheap that's for sure is what i'm saying but it is worth it and then for mahali national park which is where i would go because even though listening to my story it sounds pretty crazy you could go from kagoma and just get again so you'd have to go either get the ferry do what i do i think they still do that probably jump off the ferry at midnight <laughs> do one fishing boat to Lagosa and then from Lagosa to get to Kagoma or just get to Kagoma and you probably be able to rent a boat, hire a private boat or phone the Mahali National Park headquarters and ask them to come get you there. I don't know how much it'd be. These are like two of the hardest national parks to get to because of they're in the middle of Africa <laughs> with no roads. So it would be up to you to figure out how to get there. I'll eventually have the old blog post up there to give you more details. And then for solo female travelers, I didn't have a problem in Tanzania safety-wise, especially this episode. I mean, and if you were to do that, you didn't want to do it on your own, then, you know, you can meet other travelers either in Kagoma or Arusha or possibly even Rwanda and maybe do it together. 
But I mean, even if you did it on your own, I, you, I don't think you have a problem. If you were going to get Lake Tanganyika Kaferi, I would say then, yeah, get first or second class cabins for sure. You definitely don't want third class. Trust me. <laughs> After Lake Kivu Ferry, no way, Jose. Okay, so I think that is a wrap. So if you enjoy the show and like to buy me a beer, you can do that and support me. That'd be great for three bucks or whatever amount you want because it takes a lot of work to put this together. So appreciate, but I appreciate you for listening. I really want to say thank you so much for listening. It's awesome. Find more info on mainroadstravel.com as usual. Okay, so we'll see you next Thursday. Until then, safe travels one more time.